This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Dave Rubin. We are live on Rumble on YouTube and on Blaze TV. And welcome to our first roundtable of 2022. Feeling very sharp today because we're doing a Florida spectacular. That's right, we're gonna be discussing why the free state of Florida is just so absolutely wonderful. My linen suit is getting dry cleaned as you can imagine, so this is my second best Miami outfit. Uh, joining me is a senior fellow at the Claremont Institute, David Raboy, political commentator John Cardillo, and New York Post and Fox News columnist Carol Markowitz, David. John, Carol, Floridians, welcome to the Rubin Report. Thank Great you. to be here. It is good to see you guys. Uh, we are all Floridians in different parts of Florida. Here, I'll take the sunglasses off now that I made my point. I am here on the beach. This is obviously completely real. Um, John, I wanna start with you because you've been here the longest. You are a New York guy originally, just like me. You were in the NYPD. You lived that Northeast life. You came down here, what, it's about 18 years ago. I guess what sent you down here originally and how's it been for these last 18 years? It's been awesome. And so, yeah, so I got here, two weeks will be 18 years. And I got here February 23rd, 2004. For me, it was a little bit different. It wasn't this mass migration we're seeing now because of politics and lockdowns. I just got sick of that general malaise that was over in New York City post 9-11. You know, Bloomberg was mayor. He started to regulate fruit punch. So literally. you could kind of see, literally, right? You could kind of see the end The end was uh, approaching. But I also didn't want to you know, live and die in the same place my whole life. I, I grew up uh, in Queens. I was in the Bronx. I lived in Manhattan. And I just wanted to change and fell in love with South Florida. And here I am, 18 years later. Yeah, and now you've got like a ranch and horses and you're just living the Floridian lifestyle as we can see by your current location. Uh, Raboy, you got down here a couple years ago after doing 15 years in DC. And DC, I used to love DC. I mean, truly, truly love that city. It is a dystopian nightmare right now. Um, can you talk about why, why you left DC and what it's been like these last couple years in Florida? Sure, sure. Sure. I mean, D.C. has always been a great place to visit and it was a it was an OK place to live. Um, but around 2018, I started coming down here to uh, to Miami Beach and my my family lives down here for the last 20 years. And and uh, and my I kind of grew up around here, around this neighborhood because my grandparents lived here as well. So we used to come down and visit. And in 2018, I started coming down with more frequency and realizing that I hated it every time I had to go back. So I just said, you know what, the heck with it. I'm going to I'm just going to move to Florida. And when I did, I was, you know, I was kind of alone. Um, 
you know, people were like, why are you moving to Florida? You're going to be completely disconnected from from life. And uh, and it was fine. It was great until COVID came along. And then when COVID came along, everybody started to see what, um, you know, what a great place Florida is. And now, you know, <laughs> now I feel like it's over because we've we've been completely, uh, you know, overtaken. I mean, you know, no no offense to to you guys, but we've been completely overtaken by uh, by by new residents filling yeah, up. Yeah. All right. I want to address that actually because I think there's a it's a really important thing to talk about about you know when you do something right and then you get new people fleeing to make sure that they don't change it. So I do want to get to that. And Raboy, I know you're really not happy about the Miami traffic. So <laughs> let's hold that for just a sec. Carol, you just got here. I think basically yeah. like the same week that I got here, I bumped into you at the airport, actually, when we were going to something uh, a little north. Um, you left Brooklyn, you couldn't take it anymore. It had a lot to do with your kids, right? Yeah, so I have three kids, um, lifelong New Yorker. And you know, kind of the joke also is that when my husband and I would talk about like, if we had to leave New York, and this is, you know, five years ago or so, like if we had to leave New York, where would we go? And Los Angeles was always our second choice. And, you know, we, we would see how that turned out. Um, so, yeah, you know, around summer 2020, we started talking about like how crazy everything was getting and how we might have to go. Uh, my husband and I are both immigrants. So it, it's sort of been part of our family story that when things get bad, you, you have to bounce. And um, we saw things getting bad and we saw that our kids weren't going to have the life that we had envisioned for them. Um, we had just finished like building our dream house. We were completely committed to staying in Brooklyn until the kids went to college. We were going to retire to Manhattan. We had a whole plan. Uh, but things just got crazier and crazier. And Florida was so clearly the normal promised land. I mean, that's really what Florida has become to people. Like, it's 2019 in the best possible way. Yeah. And, you know, I so feel you on that because, uh, first off, I was born in Brooklyn. I spent most of my life in New York City. But on the dream house thing, we had just moved into our dream house. I could have never left that place. Boy, you'd been there. It was pretty awesome. Um, and it's at some point, it's time to get out of Dodge. But I want to address what David said about uh, this sort of new influx and everything. So John, you've been here, as I said, 18 years. Uh, you got, you were early in. Um, what are the, are there, are there negatives to having this new crew move in? I mean, I've met a ton of people who fully get it, including Carol, like the new people who are coming, who are like, we're here to keep Florida, Florida, et cetera. But it does create some problems in terms of house prices, traffic, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, look, the traffic's always been bad. The traffic's always been bad. It's all relative. So I lived down in Brickell when I first came here, and I moved because as Brickell was, I got there in 04, Dave, and there was nothing. The Brickell you see today, and for your viewers who don't know what that is, it's downtown Miami, the hotter part of downtown Miami. There was nothing there at all. There was nothing. I think the tallest building was the Four Seasons Tower, a couple of condo buildings. I lived in one, and that was about it. So when they started really blowing that out, traffic became insane. I moved up to Fort Lauderdale area about seven years ago, but it's all relative. I don't really notice a massive difference in the traffic. I, to be candid, I go up to Palm Beach County pretty much every day. I was up there for an early breakfast this morning. It hasn't really been too horrible. But then again, I know the area, so I know how to get off of I-95 and use the Turnpike or US-1. So once you get used to living here, there are ways around it. But I love the growth. And it's a guy who owns some investment properties here. I just hope the... Uh, Real estate now. <laughs> well, as a guy that just a bought beach, a house, beach club. Yeah, as a guy that just bought a house, I can tell you uh, if you had a house here before, you're you're doing. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Pretty well. Uh, Dave, but I know you've been, you've been sort of uh, making a stink about the traffic situation. It's kind of funny for me, coming from LA where the traffic is horrible and you can't even tell where people are going. Here it's like they're constructing new roads everywhere. You can see it's a city that is being born again. But I do have sympathy for the people that have been here and, and then it suddenly gets really congested. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I can see it. I've, I've been kind of watching it over the last uh, over the last two years, especially since COVID trips that would take. I mean, I, you know, I when there's no traffic, I go to one of my gyms at in eight minutes. These days, it can take up to all, about an hour. And I've seen it steadily increase. And, um, you know, yes, I live on the beach, so it's, you know, so that that makes it hard. There are only, you know, limited number of, you know, places where you can go to get off the beach. But still, it's it's just an amazing amount of congestion. Um, I mean, in addition to the traffic, of course, as, as you, you noted, you know, there's uh, there's the, the, the housing prices, which are pushing everyone who is middle class further and further out, you know, to the point where it's just, um, I think it's just increasingly going to be not sustainable. Um, Miami itself is an interesting case because, uh, you know, the, the, the white flight from Miami happened in the 80s and the early 90s. So that's not it's not even an, 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 an issue of that. I mean, right now it's uh, you know, it's it's Cubans and Hispanics that are getting priced out of, you know, of uh, of really anywhere in uh, in almost anywhere in Dade County. And um, it's just uh, it's we're going to have to figure out, you know, those of us on the right who believe in, you know, free markets and things like that need to wrap our heads around mm -hmm. uh, gentrification and urbanism because we haven't we haven't really figured this out um, in a way that is that is sustainable. I mean, we don't want what happened to Austin, what happened to San Francisco, what happened to New York um, to happen to uh, to Miami. Yeah. And that's actually exactly why I brought it up, because I do think that with all of us new people coming as wonderful as it is, we do have to be sensitive to the people that got it right and have been here. And I do sense that not only through DeSantis, obviously, but but Suarez and some of the other mayors, that they are going to hopefully deal with as many of these things. But I do want to call attention to it. Carol, has anything been a problem for you here? People keep asking me in all my Q&As, Dave, it can't just be as great as you say it is. And Honestly, for me, yeah, it is. I haven't had any problems whatsoever. Yeah, it's been amazing. I really, I, I also, I, look, I'm trying to be very realistic about this. Nowhere is perfect. So sort of my running joke has been like, the sushi's bad here. But we've actually had like two incredible sushi meals re recently, which are New York quality. And I was very impressed. And I don't even have that anymore to like fall back on. I guess Chinese food, they still need to kind of work on Chinese food here. Um, but other than that, like, I can't think of anything. Um, I, I, I mentioned this, I mean, uh, I think to some of you, but schools, Florida schools have a really bad reputation outside of Florida. And I don't understand mm -hmm. why. I, I'm finishing up a book right now, but I'm, I'm going to take a deep dive into that at some point. 
because I don't get it. The kid, the, the public schools that my kids go to in Florida are so good and so responsive and um, so catering to their extremely unique needs. Like I have one child who is just extremely advanced and I have another child who's sort of behind. Um, and I have another child who just like has really esoteric interests and they're like really tailoring everything to each one of them individually. And I'm extremely impressed and I, I don't get what I'm missing. And, and maybe it's just like, oh, my kids have been to good schools here. Um, that's definitely possible. But uh, I, I think that I, I really would love to learn more about why Florida schools sort of do have a poor reputation. I think it's partly because the taxes are low here. So people automatically think that means there isn't enough money to go to the schools. Yeah. And it, it simply is not true where, where I'm in the suburbs over here where everyone keeps telling us how great all the schools are. Uh, so, all right, we've whittled it down that the big problems here are there's a little bit of traffic and a salmon avocado roll could be hard to come by. So I think it's doing all right. Uh, but obviously all of this has a little something to do with the guy that's been in charge for the last couple of years. Uh, we all had the pleasure of having dinner at the governor's mansion with Ron DeSantis about a month and a half ago. Totally open. It was off the record conversation, so we're not going to repeat anything that was said, but just struck me as just like a really, really decent guy who does not want to be king. That was my main takeaway of the night. Like he does not want to rule over people. He'd like people to be free. Uh, yeah. We could have pulled a gajillion clips of him doing it right over the last two years. Uh, we've got this one on uh, children and masks and mandates. Take a look. These kids are so much happier being able to go to school without having to wear masks for eight hours a day. So when you start to see them kind of reevaluate or say all this, just understand this. The science didn't change. Well, the medical science didn't change. The political science changed. They feel the heat. They know that voters have been tired of perpetual lockdown policies. They know that they have basically offered no off-ramp, and, and they know that they're fixing to get whooped at the polls. And so that's what's causing the epiphany. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, if they had looked at the actual science from the beginning, uh, they would have known that this was something that Florida was right on. Carol, let me start with you on that one because yeah. you basically moved here for your kids as we talked about a second ago. Yeah. Um, can you just talk about, you know, having them out of the masks, be free, just their general yeah. state. I read a study yesterday or the day before about the speech issues that kids are now having because literally their mouth muscles are not developing the way they are supposed to and they can't see the teacher's mouths so they can't mimic things and it's gonna delay speech for years. That is, it's just like anybody who's ever met a child knew that was gonna happen. Like, I, I don't understand how that's even like news, you know, but so many people were ringing that alarm for so long um, and we were obviously all dismissed. But, you know, about the governor, like I feel very defensive of him. I, I, I do get into like arguments all the time on his behalf and it is not because I like him as a politician, although yes, I do. Um, it's because I feel like he he stands up for literally me, like for mm -hmm. me, for my family. I feel like he's actually in the fight, like to help us specifically. I, I don't, I really can't think of a situation where I felt that way before. Like the only like even comparable thing to me is like how much I credited Rudy Giuliani uh, with turning New York City around and how I felt like that made a real tangible difference in my life that I could ride the subway at night or, you know, any number of things. And this is like 
the only time in my life where I think a politician has had such a direct effect on what happens in my life and on behalf of my children that I just feel like I have to constantly go to bat for him because he's protecting me. And I think I, I owe him the same kind of protection. And it's it's as a constituent, not as a journalist. I, I feel very strongly for him as a constituent. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. John, when we were talking to him, and again, we can't say anything that, that was private. Not, not sure. that we said anything that shouldn't have been said publicly, but that was just the nature of the, of the dinner. Um, the thing that really struck me was how he kind of was just like, yeah, I just didn't feel that I should listen to groupthink and I should do what I thought was right. Like, that's kind of how I want to lead. That, in essence, was, was it. Like, that's pretty freaking special these days, huh? Yeah, and I love that Carol equated Ron DeSantis to Rudy Giuliani because, you know, I say this often on social media, those are two guys who hate politicians. And if you hate politicians, <laughs> you're a good politician. I've always said the next the next Republican president that comes in, the next conservative, should find a, a, a pool of people who hate DOJ, FBI, CIA, NSA. And whoever of that pool hates those agencies the most, there's your secretary, there's your director. And I think a guy like DeSantis hates bureaucracy. I, I, you know, I've been around his team and him for many years operating politically down here in Florida. And they, are, they aren't just apolitical, they're anti-political. In fact, I had a conversation that night with his chief of staff and, and uh, it's something he said very publicly. Mm -hmm. uh, Ron DeSantis isn't beholden to polls. He doesn't make decisions based on polling. He makes them based on science and what's best for the people of the state of Florida, his constituents, or when he was a congressman in his congressional district, we need more like that. And Carol's 100% right. He is an act for her, for me, for you. For the Dave, you've been... I think it's I think it's interesting that four of us now lived in, you know, all, all four of us here lived in New mm -hmm. York City under Giuliani. And all of us, you know, are obviously here under DeSantis. And, and that parallel that, that you know, Carol... And, and 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 John mentioned was absolutely apt. Um, you know, there's no better. Uh, you know, there's no better analog for it in uh, in in American politics. Certainly not. You know, in in any city. You know, where, where I. So the million dollar question that everybody's asking is, you know, is he going to run for president? And I hate doing too much. I like just like the racehorse politics kind of thing. But I've been very clear about this a couple times on the show and on Twitter. I don't want him to run for president. I think the governor matters way more. I would like to keep this state right. Let's keep modeling this thing right. You know, he's only been governor for a couple of years. It's not even like he's been doing this for that long. It's like, let's keep this right. I also think Biden is so damaged that whether it's Trump or whoever, it's like there's a really good chance. And, and obviously the midterms seem like they're going to make some sense or at least, you know, push some of this wave of insanity back a bit. Are you guys with me on that? I mean, do you want him to stay here? Do you want him to run? I guess, how does that get complicated by Trump? Uh, Dave, I'll go to you first. I mean, look, I, I, in many ways, I agree with you. Um, he does more good here, especially considering what has happened in the last, uh, you know, let's say what's what's happened in the last decade um, to prove that what happens in Washington is is you know frankly unchangeable. You know, the administrative state, the, the character of our regime uh, has changed to the point where the administrative state runs the show, and I don't really think it's possible to uh, you know to to make fundamental change. Uh, while while in Washington, I think that that door is is closed. But here in Florida, as you said, there's a lot that you can do. Now, 
I, you know, Ron DeSantis, I think, has done everything right. He is he has served also as a beacon for other red state uh, uh, governors, especially to look around and say this is these are the things that are possible. Mm-hmm. And I think I think definitely after he's uh, he emerges from his reelection victorious, I think people are going to say, oh, okay, um, you know, this is a path that uh, that is 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 sort of worth taking, which is. Um, you know, which is to sort of model themselves after him, um, and and the way he's governing in uh, in 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 Florida. Um, I mean, I think that could be the best case scenario: is having a bunch of really good governors in red states, uh, sort of pushing things to the right. Yeah, I agree. That's how we fix this, John. What do you think? You want him to stay? Should do do we need do we need him out front nationally? His name is out there nationally now. He's got hundreds of millions of dollars in brand ID because of his leadership on COVID, but he's 43 years old. He has all the time in the world to make this decision. I just want to see him win in a landslide here in Florida in November because we need it. There's only one statewide elected Democrat in Florida. Florida has a cabinet. So there are six statewide elected positions in Florida. A few viewers are two U.S. senators, our governor, attorney general, CFO, and agriculture secretary. Well, Nikki Freed is a disaster. She's our ag secretary. She is an epic disaster, has been for years. She's the only statewide elected Democrat. I think she's going to get trounced in the primary against Charlie Crist. But if she doesn't, either one of them, Charlie Crist or Nikki Freed, it is going to be a bloodletting in the general. DeSantis is going to just destroy them. And that's what I want to see. What he does after that, I don't know. Because 2024 is an eternity. That's a long time away in politics. But again, 43 years old, he has all the time in the world. Really, the ball is in his court, man. He has all the cards are on the table for him at this point. Carol, I sense we're going to make this a clean sweep on this issue here. I'm going to be a little bit, uh, just a little contrarian. Yeah, you know, the thing is that I have changed my mind since becoming a Florida resident, which is I, I... before moving here, I was like DeSantis 2024 for sure. Um, and now obviously I see the benefit of having him as my governor. Um, but I kind of, you know, I, I agree with so many things that uh, both John and Dave said and, and you, um, that for example, you can't do very much in DC. And, um, you know, I, I fully agree with that. But I kind of want to see what a Ron DeSantis, somebody who I feel like is actually effective. Um, again, going back to like, I don't think we've had that many effective politicians like ever in any state. Um, so having an effective politician as president, like, I don't know, what would that be like? That's exciting. Um, and the thing is, while I agree that he's young, I think everybody has their moment. And we can call this the Chris Christie rule. Uh, and if you don't seize your moment, you mm-hmm. might miss it. So if Ron DeSantis is going to pursue the presidency. I, I kind of do think it has to be in 2024. Um, and that, you know, I, I have mixed feelings about that now. I agree completely. Can I add, can I add something yeah. uh, to that? You know, Car- Car- yeah. I agree with Carol wholeheartedly insofar as DeSantis has really, really changed the game and, and raised the bar with regards to personnel. Look at his choice of Florida Surgeon General. No yeah. On the, uh, on the Democratic side in Florida, wanted Dr. Ladipo because he's effective, brilliant, and like DeSantis, doesn't care about polls and politics. If he brought that to D.C., and I'll disagree with Dave slightly, uh, Reboy, you can affect change in D.C. if you're truly willing to drain the swamp, not to use a cliche. If you understand that it's beyond just 
changing the heads of agencies, appointing your own people. You, you can't fire the GS9s, 11, 12, 17, 14, 15, but you sure can break those agencies up. That's what a president can do. You can tell people at the State Department who love their dinners in Georgetown, sorry, screw you, you're moving to Omaha. You can tell the Department of the Interior the same, you're going to South Dakota. And then you start moving the visions of these agencies to places where the D.C. elites working there don't want to live. They'll quit. You start filling those positions with everyday Americans, more red Americans. That's where a president can affect change. And I think DeSantis is smart enough and strong enough to do that. Personnel is policy. And, and unfortunately, that was one of Trump's weak spots. I don't think DeSantis has that same weakness. I think he will weaponize personnel in a very effective way, like he's done with Dr. Latipo in Florida. Dave, are you as bullish on that idea or do you just think the machinery in Washington, no matter how effective and clever and you know, bringing in all the right people, DeSantis does all that stuff, has the right ideas, that just the machinery in Washington just wouldn't allow it to happen, regardless? Yeah, I yeah, I I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's possible. I mean, it's it's a great idea to move some of these agencies, but um you know, let's 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 see it happen. The people that would be responsible for moving these agencies to other places would be the same people that you've got to fight with. Um it would be you know, the, uh, the one of the problems that we have, let's say on the right, is that we just don't have a bench when it comes to this mm-hmm. stuff. Um you know, the Trump administration was notoriously awful in figuring out who to appoint. But and they appointed a lot of, you know, horrible folks that that uh, that that made life very tough for them. But they still didn't fill, you know, anywhere close to the 15,000 um, uh, political appointments that uh, that they had to fill. I mean, it just, it, you know, a lot of these things just left uh, um, were, were left unfilled because there is a gap. Um, there, there, we, we, we have not yet, we have not yet built the institutions, uh, that sort of supply these people, uh, because they're not, there is not an infinite, infinite number of, uh, of folks who can be bureaucrats, even good bureaucrats, like, you know, bureaucrats who are, who are on our side, you're still going to need, uh, you know, you're still going to need warm bodies to, uh, to, to do this. And, and unfortunately, I don't think we, we have them as of yet. We have not trained them. Um, I think rather than train them up for going to D.C. and to work in some of these departments, we should train them up to work in red states because uh, because there's certainly a need for that. Well, you've given me quite a segue because the final story today is that there is a rumor going around that you can no longer say gay in Florida. People are freaking out. The White House tweeted this. Today, conservative politicians in Florida advance legislation designed to attack LGBTQI plus kids. Instead of making growing up harder for young people, POTUS is focused on keeping schools open and supporting students' mental health. Now, uh, what this is referring to is this bill that is being pushed by DeSantis, that they're trying to get some of this gender lunacy out of the schools. This has nothing to do with you can't say gay. This has nothing to do with not treating anyone equally under the law or anything else. But Brad Palumbo, who's been on the show uh, and as a writer for Washington Examiner, he unpacked it a little more cleanly uh, that he tells us about the bill. It simply prohibits a school district from encouraging classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in primary grade levels. The proposed law also specifies encouragement of discussion on these topics 
that cannot be done in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. Importantly, this bill does not prohibit students from having these discussions on their own initiative. Discussions of sexuality and gender identity simply can't be forced by the schools. Now, of course, the White House put our gay transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, out there to say how homophobic this whole thing is. Everyone's running around saying DeSantis hates gay people, all the usual nonsense, but literally this is just about, are we gonna indoctrinate these kids in third, fourth grade about issues that let them talk about it in eighth, ninth grade perhaps, or leave that to the parents or homeschool or whatever else. Uh, John, I suppose this doesn't surprise you when they try to pass something that's to stop lunacy that they get called the bigots and the rest of it? Yeah, not at all. I mean, look, they, they'll try to sell you this White House and, and the corporate media that Pete Buttigieg is the first Senate confirmed gay cabinet level appointee. That's not true. It was Rick Grinnell yep. as acting DNI and ambassador to Germany, yep. very good friend of, of mine and yours, Dave. Yep. They history left leftist history, corporate media history has bypassed Rick Grinnell. And and uh, no, this doesn't surprise me, but I think Brad Palumbo did a phenomenal job of unpacking this. He debunked their entire argument far better than I could. But the only last point I'll make is to the last segment. Where's the downside in not appointing 15,000 bureaucrats? <laughs> we should see that as a, as a massive conservative win. But uh, now this is just more lunacy. You know what it is? DeSantis is doing so well. And I'm not a sycophant for anybody. I'll criticize anyone that's well documented. But the old saying is true. When you're taking flack, you're over the target. And when you're taking indiscriminate flack, you're over a very nervous target. And that's where DeSantis is right now. They don't have anything to throw at him, so they're rolling out the old, he's a racist, he's homophobic, he's a bigot argument. They're falling on deaf ears. They're not moving the, the political needle. I think, if anything, parents like Carol are going to read Columbo's version of events, and it's only going to raise the Senator stock in their eyes. Well, Carol, take it away. So, you know, it's, it's funny, and I, I know that you three know this, but I'm sort of the squish in the room on trans stuff. I think conservatives aren't really handling it the way that I would prefer. Maybe that's a different conversation. Um, but I think if you read this bill, it's specifically about grade school. And I think that, you know, I got all these comments on Twitter when I pointed out that the media was following, obviously, the don't say gay labeling of the leftist groups. The media literally runs that in the headlines. Yep. Um, I got all these comments being like, a high school gay student, gay student can't say that they're gay. You know, it's like people do not understand what it's about at all. Um, I had a, a mom in Staten Island in Brooklyn, which is a conservative part. I'm sorry, Staten Island in New York, a conservative part of New York, where her second grader, the they, they read this book called, um, you know, is an avocado a fruit or a vegetable? And it led to this whole discussion about, like, can you change your gender? It's second grade. Mm -hmm. Like, a second grader is extremely susceptible to outside opinion. Um, and I think we really don't realize that small kids really do pick up a lot from their teachers. I did. I read this bill. It's really short. Everybody should read it. Um, I don't understand where in this bill it says you can't say gay. It's about not discussing um, sexual orientation and straight is also a sexual orientation. So I don't get where um, that comes from. I, I genuinely don't. And again, I am the squish on this call. I have had trans friends in my life. I uh, think you know there are there is such a thing as trans people, um, and I, a lot of it is just I, I, we just don't talk about it the right way. But for kids, 
I think there's a bright line and this bill makes that line bright. That's exactly what it does. And I have no problem with it. Right. So as far as where it comes from, and I think where it comes from is sort of what John just said, which is if you do anything against these people, they'll just say the horrible things about you. I saw all sorts of people saying, well, okay, now you can't come out of the closet if you're in high school. And of course that's not true. There's people were saying, oh, they're going to, now they can openly discriminate, uh, you know, against a third grader if he has two dads. Of course, that's oh. not true. It's all like it's literally at every level nonsense. So, Dave, this Sorry, is. Sorry, let me just add. Uh, the bill specifies actually also it's about fostering discussion. So, like, if um, a teacher can actually say, "I'm gay, I'm married," uh, you know, I'm, "I'm a man married to a man, I'm a woman married to a woman," that's fine as long as you're then not like, "Hey, second graders, what do you think about that?" Like, it, it, it's literally about fostering discussion, not about mentioning anything to do with gay or trans or any of it. Right, and again, the only reason they're even doing something like this is because these people have pushed all of the gender identity confusion on these kids in the first place. And just for the record, I have no problem with anyone that's trans. You can live your life however you wanna live, uh, but we can put that aside. Uh, Dave, final thought on all of this, and then I'm, I'll let you guys go and get prepared for a big Florida weekend. I assume you all have awesome things to do, you know, wrestling alligators and things. Um, from a media perspective, is there anything DeSantis should be doing differently on this kind of stuff? He knows he's going to get hit on it, that we know they're going to lie. We know that Biden will lie, Buttigieg will lie, the media will parrot it. Is there anything else he can do on that front or that we should do actually? I would, yeah, I mean, I, uh, this was, this was going to be my angle too, which is, uh, this is a, a test for DeSantis and, uh, one that I think I'm pretty sure he's going to pass, which is to say that the trap that they're laying for him is to get him to sort of, you know, respond to this in a very defensive mainstream establishment GOP way, which is to say, oh, no, I'm going to now spend, you know, a half an hour talking about how much I love mm -hmm. trans people, how much I love trans kids. But just this one thing is maybe going too far. Um, I think the answer to that is, you know, LOL GF. Um, <laughs> You know, we, we we we've we've absolutely had enough. Um, I think it's 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 pretty funny that the same day that this popped into the news was the the uh, was, was the same day that the Department of Energy goes and hires a completely insane person. Yeah. Um, who is who is another one of these um, uh, you know alphabet uh, gender uh, uh, crusaders who who you know whatever likes to pretend to be a dog or, you know, or, or, or something like this. Uh, we'll um, let people, people Google this on their own or maybe not. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that, pe that people are now seeing that we're dealing with utter depravity. And, you know, I mean, let's just go and say it. These people are groomers. Um, the, the obsession that, the, that, that these activists, these gender activists have with children, you know, at, the, at this age, you know, whatever, you know, five through eight, and uh, and and sexualizing them. I mean, it's 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 completely insane. I think it's uh, it's it's not even a um, uh, it's not even debatable what these people are doing and 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 what uh, what what they'd like to do. And uh, the more that people see it, I mean, people see what you know. Who are the craziest people on on TikTok? You know, we have the libs of TikTok mm -hmm. account. The craziest people are the primary school teachers. And. Um, and people are seeing this, and and I think they're disgusted. And increasingly, they will turn to politicians who will have no apologies in saying, "Absolutely not. We draw a red line." All right. You know what? I can't quite end on that note for a Florida show. <laughs> so I will kick it to each one of you for if you were to welcome 
if there were people that are watching this right now, there's an awful lot of people watching that are thinking about moving to Florida. I mean, that's what I get messages about more than anything else these days. What would be your one message to someone that was moving to Florida right now? John, you've been here the longest, so I'll let you go first. Take a look behind me. This is my office. It's a beach club. I don't even have walls or windows. Come on down. You'll love it. Carol? I, I would say you remember what normal life was like. You remember what it was like not to treat other people like disease vectors. You remember what it was like for your kids to be able to smile at school. Uh, you can live all of that here. It's back to normal here, and normal is amazing. Dave, don't say anything about the traffic. This is it. This is the big finish. Come on. I would say, you know, I would agree with everyone else. It's it's amazing here. I will probably never leave if i leave here it'll be you know to to uh to <laughs> escape the united states completely um <laughs> but uh but i would say you know if you come here make sure and take advantage of the real you know the real florida the real miami you know don't just go to the uh you know to the tourist traps don't just go to uh to the places that the hip you know, hot spots that everyone goes to. Uh, you know, discover the Cuban neighborhoods, discover the Brazilian neighborhoods, and and uh, because there's there's an amazing world here. Ain't it the truth? All right, guys, I'm going to finish up without you, but have a great weekend. I know we'll we'll all be seeing each other pretty yeah. soon. And uh, Florida, it's just fantastic. Yeah. Have a good weekend, guys. Uh, and Thank you. for for everybody else, uh, I'm digging these Florida colors, actually. Maybe we'll, this will be the, the new Friday, the casual Friday uh, that we'll do around here. Um, I just want to say that I, I think this week was probably, maybe it's not my place to say it exactly, but I think in some ways this past week, uh, what we did on this show was probably the most rewarding week that I've had um, in terms of content and messaging and doing what I'm supposed to be doing, maybe since really the beginnings of this thing back in like 2015 or something. I think what we did with Rumble making the offer to Joe Rogan, defending free speech and not just talking about it, but putting our money where our mouth is, it's actually irrelevant whether he takes us up on the offer uh, or not. Uh, we put our best foot forward on that. I think, you know, talking as much as we did about all of this Canadian trucker stuff as they get lambasted in the media and lied about, you know, exposing all of the nonsense at CNN and the way these people lie. It's like, I think we've got a chance. I really do think we've got a chance. And I think ground zero for that chance is right here in Florida, which is exactly why I wanted to do our first panel the way we did just now. So uh, again, it's probably not for me to say that. It's probably for you guys to say that. Uh, but I hope you have a great weekend. I hope that uh, you see some of the signs now. There are signs. There are signals all over the place. The truckers did something in Canada, not because they're transphobes and racists, but because they wanted to live freely and now their country is starting to open up for now, but they probably will have to keep the pressure on. Uh, not only that, but then it leaked into the United States. It's not a coincidence that as people saw the people of Canada stand up, that suddenly our blue state Democrat, you know, governors and authorities were suddenly like, oh, we'll open up too and we'll get the kids out of masks and everything else. And if you've seen the videos, that they're showing now from these schools where the teachers announce the kids are ripping off the mask. You know, you can take off your mask now and they rip them off and they're, the joy, the sheer exuberance that these kids are showing, it's incredible. We will get back to being human, but we'll only do it if we say we're the ones that are gonna make it happen. That's what those guys did up in Canada. Uh, that's what we'll continue to do here. Have a great weekend, everybody.
and we'll see you on Monday. Thank you guys for tuning into the Rubin Report. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.